let me ask you a question. Why the hell do people keep getting married? You know what I mean? Isn't anybody looking at the stats? What's it like, three out of four marriages go right down the drain now? People, if you were going skydiving and they told you three out of four parachutes weren't gonna open, you'd be like, yo, forget it, I'm not going. Human beings were not meant to sit in little cubicles staring at computer screens all day, filling out useless forms and listening to eight different bosses drone on about mission statements. Robert Frost said, two roads diverged in the wood and I, I took the one less traveled by. And that has made all the difference. You got a dream, you got to protect it. People can't do something themselves. They want to tell you, you can't do it. Life moves pretty fast. You don't stop and look around once in a while. You could miss it. This is Breaking Norms, a podcast dedicated to topics like following your dreams at all costs and the pitfalls of societal norms. And now, discussing everything from online dating to the horror of having a real job. Here are your hosts, Noah Groniger and Clint Schweitzer. I'm Clint Schweitzer. This is Noah Groniger. And this is Breaking Norms. Where have we been, you might ask? Well, I'll tell you this. Football season started. Yes, unbelievably, they are playing football in both the NFL and college. And you know what? Some of our topics, we had to kind of revisit this. We had to look at it and say, what can we talk about? What do you guys want to hear about? Well, Noah, today we're talking about us versus the world. That kind of slimy feeling we get when we step out of the you know, comfort zones of our homes and have to endure kind of the public. Everybody else just goes through life, goes through stores and uh, steps over people, pulls into parking spots, cuts people off in traffic. They have no problems with it, Noah. This has long been a problem for us. We're going to address it right here on Breaking Norms. Does it not feel good to be back right here? It absolutely does. I mean, it's been too long. We've been coming up with topics. We've got some more coming up. We've got some ideas in the can that we're going to be unveiling here. But I I love this one because I don't know many other people or really any other people that feel this way. I'm sure they're out there. We'd love to hear from you. But uh, one that I can think of just off the top of my head is, pulling into a gas station and I need some gas and I'm pulling into a pump and someone's pulling in the opposite direction and we just stare at each other and they throw up their arms like, Hey man, I was here first. I'm like, yeah, you're right. I'm out. I'm out. So I put it in reverse and I'm out, even though I'm like three fourths of the way in and they're just, they're barely in They're a fourth of the way in. And I I give up. I'm just, you win, you get the gas. I guess I'm just going home. Bye. I, I just can't take the confrontation. I don't want to. I don't really care. They seem to care way more than I do about it. So I'm just like, all right, you win. I just, I'm going to just go about my business and live my life. I don't need you getting out of a car yelling at me. That's a possibility. So you win the gas for today. I lose. Congratulations. Well, let's just address this off the top. Parking and gas stations in general has been a disaster that needs to be really looked at by society. You have all these like weird side entrances, side parking spots where like you're parking up next to the building, but like not in perfect rows, like you're facing sort of away from the uh, actual door and you're sort of parking like parallel to it. And I've never understood that. And it like makes it really hard for cars to get in and out. There's a high V gas station right up by my house that not only is it insane to get in and out of, they've added like this huge, almost like speed bump that you could, <laughs> but you could drive over it, but you have to really slowly drive over it or you're going to flatten your tire and you have to go over that speed bump just to pull in to get gas. And I don't get it. And that creates a lot of this, I think. But what you're talking about is much bigger than just 
oh, everybody has these moments where you're at the stop sign at the same time as somebody else. Who goes first? Well, my thing is always default to them. Let them go. They want it worse. Let them go. Their day's going to be ruined by it. Mine's not. That's fine. Yeah. But man, I feel like this is some is kind of a metaphor for all of life and kind of anything that I do. And for me, Noah, you know where this starts for me. It starts with my dad, who whenever I was a kid, I always thought he was just kind of backward. Like we'd pull into a store, we'd go in uh, a convenience store, go into Walmart. And it would always just seem like people would like flock around where we were and they would sort of like edge us out and they would kind of cut us off. And I just started to realize like my dad's right. This really does happen. I've seen it happen to him all over the place. Even as recently as a couple of years ago, we drove down to Houston for the Mizzou uh, Texas game in the Texas bowl. We're staying in college station. We get the Marriott free breakfast in the morning. We're in the, this is back when they, you know, hotels had breakfast pre COVID and like we're in the line to get breakfast. And like some guy is just in my dad's way everywhere he goes. And I, I saw it happen from afar. And I realized like I get this curse from my dad. It's happened to him his whole life. He's worked in retail. He's worked in like grocery stores and in and, and Walmart itself. And he always feels like the walls are caving in on him. That's where I get it. That's where my curse comes from. What about you? Where does this come from? That's a good question. I, I don't have anything like specifically a family member or something. I've just always felt it. Like I'm going for like I'm in a grocery store is a great example because I'm just sitting there kind of looking over maybe Cheez-Its I'm going for and whatever I want, no matter what it is, fruit roll-ups, Cheez-Its, chips, someone always wants that item that I'm looking at or they want exact something where I'm looking at and they're like, putting their head over into what I'm looking at and they're like just inching closer and they're almost like moving me out of the way. And so I just give it to them. They're leaning over and I'm just like, Oh, well obviously you want this more than I do. I just won't have cheese. It's fine. I'll just move on here and do the rest of my shopping and try to get to 20% of the items I came in here for because the other 80% someone else is going to be in that area and just trying to nudge me out of the way. And it is vital. It is a vital importance that they get that item. It's not for me. I'll live. I can come back later. I can just eat McDonald's or something. And so I just move on. And while they're giving me dirty looks and like, I have to get this, you're in my way. It's like, I was here first, but okay, fine. You get it. I'm out. Do you think encountering the public in these type of ways, do you think it's a deeper rooted issue here? Do you think that there's anxiety at play and like kind of a, an attitude of, I don't want to say defeated, a defeatist attitude, but it's almost like, yeah, like you said, someone's reaching around me to get chips. Like, I, I don't get the chips. They do. Like, I'm out. Just like you're you're ready to be defeated. You're ready for someone to just come and conquer you. And as soon as it happens, you're out. It's like a deep-rooted thing, like kind of anxiety involved. I feel like it is for me because I am someone that is very keen and focused when I am out in public. I am mindful of other people. I look around. I don't get in people's way. I don't cut them off as much as I can, sometimes stuff's unavoidable, but I am very mindful of it. When I'm on walks in my own neighborhood, I'm watching for people. I'm making sure that I'm not just walking smack dab right into someone or if they're crossing over a crosswalk that we're, I, I just wait for them to go. Then I walk around like I'm not trying to get up in people's business and walk around them and, and get in their way. But I feel like nobody else does this, which is what creates it. Is that too pie in the sky? Does that make any sense? It seems to me like no one else pays attention. It's all about what they want, what they're doing, all else be damned. I'm getting what I want. And whereas I am just walking around, just please, no, don't come in contact with me. I, I just don't want to. 
Yeah, a lot of it is anxiety. I like that uh, that you're be you're very mindful of what other people are doing because I am as well. And it is the anxiety part. Like I'm looking at a section and someone else is peering over, looking at that, and I feel the anxiety. I feel like a time clock going off in my head, like a quarterback <laughs> in the pocket has 2.5 seconds before the sack, and the pressure just comes and devours him whole and sacks him. That's what I feel like when I'm looking at the chips and someone's peering <laughs> over at me. I'm like, uh, one, two point, can't make a decision. You get it by like. It's, I just can't handle it. And like you mentioned on walks, like if someone's walking towards me, like I'll move. But if someone's like, I'm walking towards someone, like they just keep walking and I'm the one that has to get in the grass. They're like, no, this is my sidewalk. You're going to have to move, but pal. And same thing in the grocery store. Like I just feel like their thoughts, like as I'm looking at that, I feel like they're in their head saying like, well, this guy just move. I have to get this. And if I see someone looking at chips and I need the chips that they're looking at, I'll like leave the area and go do something else and just come back and hope no, that no one's there looking at that later. I won't go stand next to him and like peer over and like, ah, get, excuse me, can I get those? I, want that. Yep. I won't do any of that. I'll just leave when, but other people, if they see me looking at that item, they're like, shove this guy out of the way. I need these chips. And I, I don't get that. I don't, People are like, this is on my list. This is what's next. I'm already here. I'm not going to go out of my way and go do something else. I'm already here. I'm just going to get them. And I feel the anxiety of like, no, I don't want to bother them. I don't want to cut them off. I don't want to have a conversation. I'll just go do something else and come back. And everyone else is just, no, I'm doing this now and it's over. I'll tell you this. I'm, I go to the gym, you know, four days a week. I go to Planet Fitness. And one of my biggest pet peeves is being on a machine and someone comes and asks if they can cut in or can I get a few sets in? Can I work in with you? No, <laughs> I'm not going to be on this thing more than five minutes. I don't, you know, the truth of it is I'm not in there on some kind of dedicated regimen. I'm in there to do my, you know, five or six machines, get on the elliptical and get out of there. That's what I'm in there to do. I don't really care what I do. So the thought that someone is like eyeing me and coming in and has the gall to come over and ask if they can work in with me. And what does that mean? Like I have to do a certain amount and then let them get in and then get back in after they're done. Like, no, 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 no. I'm in the gym not to talk to a soul. I'm in there and out. And I'll tell you, it's happened to me so many times. I remember you know, my mom, my mom goes to the same gym as me. I remember my mom, the worst story I've ever heard. My mom was in there and the same lady asked her to get off of three different machines during a visit, three different <laughs> machines, like just and on the third one. She just like looked at her and like gave her like the sign, like, get out, get up, get out. And my mom just threw her, threw her hands up and laughed. Like, I'm out. You're like you with the chips, right? My mom yes. was out. And I get it. Like the fact that someone would have the gall, the nerve to go up and run you off of a machine when there's 200 machines in a Planet Fitness, you know what they look like. Come on. is Does that just, it's every time it happens to me, I can't believe I'm in the situation. Cause then I, I don't know what to say. Like, I, I don't want to be done and I don't want to work in with them. I don't want to be working out with someone. All of a sudden I'm in a workout and having to talk to someone like, no. And the fact that it happened to my mom three times, I, I mean, I, I was feeling like blood rushing into my head as she's telling me the story three times. Oh, the humanity. That. And I remember when I was young, maybe middle school, and maybe this is where it started. I'm not sure. I, I can't go back that far and think about every single time that something like this has happened. But I remember I was at Hometown Buffet with my family and I was reaching for a cinnamon roll. 
with the tongs for the cinnamon roll and someone had the tongs from something else, meat or something, and reached over and grabbed the cinnamon roll that I was grabbing. It was the last one and <laughs> took it out of my tongs into There's their no place. There's no way. That's real. Yes. And I was like, so that may be where it started. Just like, oh, well, you win. I get, You have to have that. Like, it's not a big deal for me. And I just couldn't believe it. And I was just stunned and sit sitting there looking at this person. They're just like, ah, yeah, I put that on my plate. Ah, and I'm just like, I'm a little kid. You just stole a cinnamon roll. The last, I, sorry. Like, and so maybe that's where it started. And just ever since I'm just, anyone comes in on my territory, you win, you get it. I'm out. Sorry. Anyone that knows me knows that I am an extreme buffet line anxiety sufferer. And this could be as small as something like at work. There's, a nacho bar at work and there's 15 people that come into the break room and they're all making nachos. If I'm like stuck in the middle of it, Oh, I'm in hell because I got someone in front of me telling me they shouldn't be eating this. And I don't know. It's too fattening. I don't know what I do. I was when there's food here, I just have to eat it. Then I got someone behind me that like, I like you, I feel their eyes burning into the back of me, edging me along. Like, you got to get this moving. I'm just, I don't, do I get it? Do I, did I get enough chips? Do I get enough sour cream? I don't I didn't, I didn't have time to put cheese on it. Oh, dang it. Oh. And the, that's, uh, yeah. I, so people know me as the buffet line anxiety sufferer. I've experienced it all over the country. Anytime I'm at a buffet, I'm very mindful. I'm like, okay, I'm just not going to go where someone else is. And yet it keeps happening just like you and the cinnamon roll. I don't like it. I, I there's something about it that really kind of, triggers me and, and it really does and oh yeah just like my dad at the uh, breakfast buffet i'm always terrified of getting into these situations because as i get older i start saying stuff more weird things instead of just like excuse me sir i was here first could you please uh wait a moment i'm just sitting here going oh bummer no i can't believe this <laughs> what like that's me that's how i react yeah. so not only are they doing this to me without them even knowing it. I'm also now insane. So, well, I like how you mentioned the, uh, work room and taking a break and going to get food because we've had like food days and people bring in food and, uh, it's just kind of a mix, a cavalcade of different items and everyone on every food day goes in there and there's just a bunch of people in there. There's a bunch of different items. I'm a picky eater. I'd have to like pick and choose and ask what that is and what is what's in this and do I get this and just feeling their eyes looking at me. And so I've just canceled all food days for myself. Everyone's like, oh, you should go get that. There's this and that. And they bring back stuff. And I'm like, oh, that looks good. But I can't go in there because there's five other teachers in there. And I'm like in the middle of a line. And I'm like not deciding fast enough and don't know what stuff is and I'm just feeling their eyes looking at me and their judgment on me and just like, well, you hurry it up. Oh, you took the last cookie. Oh, you're taking too much cheese. Oh, like, and well, I'm just, oh, yeah. oh, get out of here. Like so just, just the fact that someone, for myself. no, like the fact that someone might comment on something you're doing gives yeah. me, sets me off. Like the fact that someone might say like, oh, you're only getting three cookies this time. Like, I don't want to, I don't want to talk about it. I want to get my food and get out of there and it's impossible. So like you, you said you just don't go in there. You can't do it. 
Yeah, everyone's right? just harassing and berating me. Just why don't you get it? It's really good. I know you want it. Like I was like, no, I can't go in there. It's just crazy. Like, want me to go get you a plate? I'm no, I don't. Like that's weird. Then like someone may ask you, like, oh, you're getting another one. Oh, I'm getting it for Noah. He doesn't want to come in here. Why didn't Noah? Like starts a whole thing. Like, why does Noah want to come in here? That's weird. Like I just just cancel food day. I'm fine. I can go without. I'll just wait until I get home and eat or on my lunch break or I'll go out and get something and pay for it instead of getting a free food in there because of my anxiety and, and fear of their eyes and judgment and hurrying me along and getting stuck in the middle of a line and people reaching across me for stuff in buffets and food lines. Like, no, can't be having that. I'm out of here. Well, like I said, this, a lot of this goes back to my dad. I witnessed him be victimized by this all of his life, all of my life. You know, I've seen it. And maybe no other time was it more prevalent than the time my dad and I got locked in a car together. Yes, you heard that right. We were locked inside of a vehicle. Now, my dad drove a 77 Bonneville for a time. This is like in the early 90s. And uh, one side was bashed in, so you couldn't open that door. And the other side, uh, you could get in and out of. But somehow, it was electric locks. The car died, and we couldn't get out. Couldn't get out. Couldn't roll the windows down, couldn't do anything. So we're in there, and like my dad is just like not doesn't know what to do because my dad is, isn't like a person that's going to draw attention to himself. So as I'm a kid, I'm just like trying to like open the door, like just spastically. He's just sitting there like, yeah, we'll just have to, I don't know, see here. So I might have to see what we could do here. I'm like, dad, we're going to have to like bang on these windows and get somebody to, to something. I don't know. Uh, eventually we got enough juice to roll the a window down and get out. But my dad constantly, I've seen it time and time again. He has these sayings. Like my dad is almost like so, you know, mindful of what people are doing around him. Like he could be in traffic and somebody's, you know, up on him or cutting it off, cutting him off. And he will just say the most random of things. What are you doing, lady? Late to a bridge game? It just you never know what's gonna come out of his mouth. What are you trying to do, sir? Get to Burger King? He might add. <laughs> I feel like my dad started this and it was just cursed onto me. And now after all these years of really making fun of my dad, especially the older I get, I get it. I'm there. I get it. Yeah. I'm right there with you guys. I get it completely. I wish I wasn't that way. I wish I could just cut people off and get what I need to get and get out of there in a timely manner and in fashion. But that's just not me. I'm going to just cancel it and just kind of wait or if I really want it bad enough. And that's like the last thing I'm there to get or the only thing I'm there to get uh, in a grocery store or whatever, I'll just wait around and until they're gone, until they've just, they've had their opportunity to select and decide and, and then I'll go and get it. And maybe it'll cost me another five, 10 minutes, but I'm not going to go in there and cut them off and go in front of them and have to deal with their eyes on me and their judgment. And I'm, it's just something that we're always going to have to deal with for the rest of our lives. It's never going to be something that we get over and just deal with like, stand there and like get out of my car and just like lean against my car at a gas station. Like, no, I was here first, pal. We can just sit here all day. Like that's never <laughs> going to be me. I'm sorry. Well, do you think that engage like small talk with the general public feeds into this? Or is this, is this, is that an off kind of offshoot of this, of these feelings? Like I've always really struggled with small talk. I feel like people say something really random to me. Like, Oh, the weather's doing real good outside, isn't it? And like, I have no idea what to say for some reason. Like, not that I don't know <laughs> how to play. It's not that I don't know how to play the game. And yes, it's really nice. This is great. This weekend should be fun. I'm so glad it's Friday. You know what? I sleep better in the rain. I would rather be curled up watching a movie than hear all those cliches. You can all spout them out. 
But what's unbelievable to me is that people just sort of do it and they do it. It's almost like they enjoy it instead of just running off autopilot and spitting out the lines. People actually engage in small talk and it is to the point where I really struggle with it, where I try to avoid it. I try to avoid, like if I see a person that I know, like kind of coming down the hallway, like at work or something, I'll like sometimes jet into a different hallway to just avoid oh, us coming, coming yeah. face to face and have me having to say, like, do I have to say something funny? Like, oh man, everything's out of control today. Uh, and I don't have anything funny to say. And my mind might say something really random and just weird. And then I think about it later. Like, what did I just say to them? So I, that's why I want to avoid it, Noah. I want to avoid small talk forever. Yeah, if only that uh, could be done. And that is probably part of this because we've talked about it, whether it's a gas station, a grocery store, a buffet, whatever it may be. You don't want to have to say anything to anyone and then them say something and then you have to respond to that. And when, where does it end, folks? Where does it end? I hate the good mornings and like you mentioned in the hallways, seeing someone in the small talk of the weather, just, oh, yeah, it's really hot out there. I wish uh, we were in a pool. Oh, like, uh, it's getting cold. It's fall. It's almost winter. I wish we had a cup of cocoa here. Oh, anybody got any marshmallows? Oh, like, just... I can't do the small talk. I hate it. And like you said, everyone else seems to revel in it. They just can't wait to talk about the weather. And, oh, it's got a hot one out there today. What do you say? Just, yes, it's 90 degrees. You are correct. That is a factual statement. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, well, I hope you guys can relate. Some of you are probably listening to this and thinking, I've listened to enough of breaking norms now to know that these guys are completely <laughs> insane. I get it. Some of you might be thinking, man, a lot of this stuff makes sense to me. I'm a I, I'm a closet fan of Clinton Noah, or at least I relate to them. Maybe I'm not a fan. That's that would be strange. Actually, That's way too strong. We don't have any of those. But if you like what we're doing, head over to our Facebook page at Breaking Norms and like it, and just, just drop us a line. Share what you like about the podcast. What you don't. If you think we're completely wrong on some of this, if you think that we are actually closet geniuses that need to be giving this type of info to like the government. Please let us know that as well uh, and subscribe to the podcast, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify. We're available on all those. Noah, it's been too long. We love doing Breaking Norms. Of all the shows we do, and we do a sports show called The Elite, uh, there's a music show called Music Mania, and of course there's our Safe by Nostalgia podcast. This is the one we get the most feedback on right here. It's unbelievable. I mean, hasn't it been crazy? I wish we could do more of them. I wish we could be more consistent. We're trying to keep them coming for you guys. We're so bogged down football season. We're editing a film. We're uh, you know doing sports interviews and, and articles nonstop now that it's football season. But Noah, I really love doing these, and we got We got to make sure that we keep uh, keep feeding the feeding the herd, so to speak, because people are enjoying these. Believe it or not. No, I believe it. I hear the comments. Uh, I see the interaction that we get. Uh, so I love the feedback. I love doing these. Uh, this really gives me joy to go through our little uh, idiosyncrasies that we have uh, and be able to give this out to the world and give another viewpoint or maybe some people are like us and and uh, comment and tell us, hey, man, I feel this way too. Uh, but a lot of people are probably out there saying, what is wrong with these two? What what are these things that they're talking about? Just go grab your Cheez-Its and get out of the store. What's the big deal? Claim your spot at the gas station. Take a stand. But no, we give it up. Everyone else wins when we come into conflict or confrontation and we back away and, and move on with our day because it's just not that important to us. The funny thing is, pre-COVID, we were always at uh, sporting events and, and concerts and events and things. 
you know, 80,000 people. Why is it that we feel more comfortable in front of 80,000 people than we do, say, in Walmart, where there's 100 people? It's very strange, is it not? Yeah, uh, but you're there. It's sports. That's what we love. That's what we live for. We're talking about sports. You're there for that event where out in the world, people can talk to you about anything. Their kids, they've just taken on basket weaving. Their husband enjoys making bread. He's actually gone to a bread factory and uh, they've shown him different ways to make bread and given him some free samples and and stuff like that. You just can't, I, I can't give anything back to you in that conversation. I just stand there in shock and horror of what you're talking about and desperately searching for a way out. Well, I hope you're not searching for a way out of breaking norms just yet because we got more coming up. Noah, some topics I thought we could bring up coming up. Of course, it's an election year. It's coming up in a few weeks. We got to do our political show. It's going to be coming up. We're going to share our thoughts on politics or our lack of thoughts on politics. And Noah, I'm going to introduce another one to you because I think it's time we finally tackle the issue of parking in cities, in parking lots, around the country. Parking garages. I just, you just triggered me. I'm triggered (laughs) and I've got to go. You just said parking garages, which is my number one kryptonite maybe in the world. We're going to talk about all that and much more coming up in future episodes of Breaking Norms. Thanks so much for joining us.